Hello and welcome back to Tackling Football with Chloe Singer. Today we'll be discussing news from this week, the defeat of the Unbeatens, Dallas's big win on Monday night, and important injury updates. Then we'll take a deep dive into NFL offenses. The NFL is a pass-heavy league, right? But pass yards are down this year. We'll discuss why and how offenses are changing. Again. Lastly, as per usual, we will make game predictions for week seven. But first, if you have not already, please follow the podcast, give this episode a like, and leave a comment letting me know what you think. We're going to start off this week of news talking about the Dallas Cowboys. And let me tell you, they were relieved to escape Los Angeles with a win. If you looked at the players' faces after that game, you could see that they were nervous about winning. And Dak, after the game, talked about the difference between being 3-3 and and four and two heading into the bye week. To me, it seems like this game was crucial to restoring belief that they are in fact a good team, not to the media, but to themselves. The 49ers loss was demoralizing because of the lopsidedness, but also because they are always the team that ends up beating the Cowboys. And heading into that matchup a week ago, The Cowboys thought that they had closed the gap, that they were actually good enough to beat this team. And then realized, oh wait, we actually still have a long way to go to beating the 49ers. So the win versus the Chargers was critical for this group who now find themselves only one game behind the Eagles in the NFC East. In other news, Anthony Richardson is out for the season. Richardson is going to get season-ending surgery to repair his right throwing shoulder. And this is just a devastating loss for the Colts and for Richardson, who had such a promising start to the season. Although he only got to play two full games, as he left one early with a concussion and the other with the aforementioned shoulder injury, There is a fear among Colts fans that what if these injuries aren't one-offs? What if this is a sign of something to come? Are we on an Andrew Luck 2.0 situation here where our franchise quarterback is just going to be plagued by injuries? To me, the situation also reminded me of Robert Griffin III, who had an amazing rookie season and then started to stack up injuries. The other question that springs to mind is, is this an indictment on running quarterbacks? Are running quarterbacks always going to suffer these sorts of injuries? And the short answer is no. We've seen running quarterbacks be able to survive seasons, but it's clear that running quarterbacks certainly carry a higher risk of injury. And it's also important to note that the way the NFL is set up right now protects quarterbacks 
but mainly pocket quarterbacks. We've seen time and time again, bigger, more physical rushing quarterbacks don't get the same calls and don't get the same protection. So it will be interesting to see if the NFL starts protecting rushing quarterbacks more as they continue to populate the league. The most shocking result of the weekend was that the Eagles and 49ers, the last two unbeatens, lost to the Jets and Browns, respectively. While the upsets were surprising, I marvel less at the fact that both teams won with backup quarterbacks, but that these defenses are impressive. And that's been true throughout the league. Pretty much every team outside of Miami is winning games on defense and not on offense. The good news for the Dolphins is that they may be getting back a big time defensive player in Jalen Ramsey sooner than expected. Ramsey suffered a torn left meniscus on July 27th and underwent surgery shortly thereafter. He returns to practice this week and that could mean big things for this Dolphins team as their defense continues to improve under Vic Vangio. One thing has been clear so far this season, defenses have been the catalyst of victories for teams. And it seems that offenses have been changing over the last few seasons. So why is this the case? And what can we expect moving forward? Let's dive in. Back in 2018, I was first starting to really follow the NFL. I was in a few fantasy leagues and as a result was learning the game based on which players and teams performed well. In the league I was playing in alongside my dad, players received additional points for scoring long touchdowns, two additional points for every 10 yards. So if a player caught a 50 yard touchdown, let's say, they would get 25 points in this league, 10 for the touchdown, five for the yards, and a bonus 10 for the touchdown being 50 yards. Therefore, I became increasingly interested in offenses that push the ball down the field. And in 2018, Patrick Mahomes was taking over the league as a first-year starter on his way to putting up 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. The Chiefs' offense was dominant, explosive, and almost unbeatable at times. But he was not alone in throwing the ball deep. Through six games in 2018, there were 83 touchdowns on passes at least 20 yards in the air. Yet, this season, we've only seen 46 such instances. Teams have a lower average depth of target at 7.8, which measures how far downfield quarterbacks are throwing the ball. And pass yards are down as teams are averaging just 218 pass yards per game which if this total persists, would be the lowest since 2008. So why are we seeing this difference? And what happened to explosive vertical offenses? There are a few explanations. First, defensive adjustments. 
In reaction to the offense's success, pushing the ball down the field and breaking big plays, defenses have adjusted their strategy. Against the strongest downfield passers, teams have begun playing more cover four and cover six, which means they are blanketing offenses with two deep safeties. This is forcing offenses to dink and dunk rather than take deep shots. And it means that if offenses want to have success, they are going to have to shift their strategy away from heavy downfield passing. For example, this past weekend, the Rams trailed the Cardinals 9-6 at halftime. In the first half, the Rams wanted to push the ball downfield to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. But the Cardinals were prepared. They knew that to prevent those explosive plays, they would have to drop more players into coverage and hold those two high safeties. And this forced the Rams to work methodically down the field and gave the Cardinals chances to get off the field on third down. So in the second half, McVay decided to change his game plan on offense. On their first offensive possession, McVay ran the ball nine straight times and drove the length of the field for a touchdown. After generating just four rushing yards of offense in the first half, the Rams had 175 rushing yards in the second half. Another reason why we are seeing fewer deep vertical passes is because those plays take time to develop. As the spread offense has increased in popularity, teams have opted to run more plays with four or five receivers rather than having additional blockers on the line of scrimmage. As a result, the pass rush has become more effective at getting to the quarterback and are forcing quicker throws. Furthermore, the best athletes now play on the defensive line. Pass rushers have become the most premium position outside of quarterback because teams understand that in a pass-first league, it is important to put pressure on quarterbacks and disrupt their rhythm. Think about Micah Parsons, who coming out of college was a middle linebacker, but because of his exceptional skill set, he has since become a full-time defensive end in the NFL. Another reason why we're seeing this change is that offenses have begun to shift in personnel. With dynamic skill players, the offensive game has changed. If teams are getting long touchdowns, it's mostly coming from yards after the catch and not air yards downfield. Kyle Shanahan has found success by creating a roster of versatile skill position players who are all elite at gaining yards after the catch. There is no need to throw a risky pass 30 yards down the field if you can get the ball to Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuels, Christian McCaffrey, or George Kittle in space. This also means that teams can have success with a plethora of quarterbacks and why an efficient passer and smart decision maker like Brock Purdy can be so successful. Lastly, I wonder if we are going to see a return to teams playing more conservative football. On Monday, we saw two head coaches with opposing mindsets square off. Brandon Staley and the Chargers are risk takers. They frequently go for conversions on fourth and short and try to maintain an aggressive offensive game plan. 
On the other hand, Mike McCarthy is trying to usher in an era of mistake-free offense. He wants Dak to take what the defense gives him and not force the ball. If that happens, McCarthy believes that they can rely on their defense to win games. It was for this very reason that the Cowboys fired offensive coordinator Kellen Moore and why Moore ended up with the Chargers. But McCarthy is not alone in playing a more, no pun intended, conservative style. Some teams like the Jets have been forced to play more conservatively due to their personnel, while others have built their teams around rushing the football and defense like the Titans, Falcons, and Patriots. So what comes next? While vertical passing will always be a part of the game to keep defenses honest, I think given the way defenses are covering, passing the ball down the field, we are going to start to see offenses shift to playing a more aggressive rushing game. In particular, by running the ball down the middle of the field against lighter boxes. Similar to the adjustment that the Rams made during their game versus the Cardinals. We have also seen the Chiefs and Bills, who in the past barely used their run game, actually become more balanced attacks this year. So instead of explosive individual plays, we could see more dominant team performances where time of possession and an effective offensive line becomes the focal point on offense. Now time for my favorite segment, predictions. I'm currently 11 and six on the season. And last week I went four and zero, including predicting the Browns upset win over the 49ers. This week I have my eye on three games. The first is the Packers who will take on the Broncos in Denver as one point favorites. The Packers are coming off the bye and it looks like they will get star running back Aaron Jones back on Sunday. Meanwhile, the Broncos are going through an organizational overhaul. This past week, they cut Randy Gregory and Frank Clark and are trying to establish some sort of culture under Sean Payton. But clearly, whatever they've been trying to create in Denver has not been working. I think this is a good bounce back spot for the Packers with the spread essentially a pick I think they are a great value this week. The second game I'm watching out for is the Dolphins at the Eagles, where the Eagles are two-point home favorites. This should be one of the best games of the weekend. The Dolphins have shown that they are a true contender, while the Eagles at five and one have not seemed to be able to put together all the pieces on offense. I like the Eagles to bounce back at home and win this matchup. While the Dolphins' O-line has been impressive to start the season, only giving up six sacks in six games, it should be noted that they haven't really played too many impressive defenses and that they gave up four sacks to the Buffalo Bills. I expect the Eagles' defensive line to pose similar challenges. It will be hard for the Dolphins to contain Eagles stars like Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox on the inside 
and Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, and Brandon Graham on the outside for four quarters. The Eagles should also win the offensive line of scrimmage. I'd like them to lean on their run game and try to chew up clock in this matchup. Give me the Eagles minus two. And lastly, the 49ers take on the Vikings as seven-point road favorites. Frankly, this spread isn't big enough for my liking. The 49ers are a really good team, and the Vikings' defense is not the juggernaut that Cleveland's is. I expect the 49ers to play one of their best games of the season on both sides of the ball and come away with a dominant win. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. I'll be back next week. In the meantime, I'll be releasing clips to YouTube and on TikTok and Instagram. You can find me on all socials at Chloe Tackles. Until next time, bye.